this is our Vote Radio podcast. I am Arila Ndoku, right? Okay. I'm a lover. Yeah. I'm a lover. Yes. I love God. I love people, right? I'm a reader and a writer, an optometrist as well. And basically just. This is our radio podcast. Okay, let's pick up from where you stopped before the break in transmission. Okay, so I I was talking about myself, right? So I said I'm a lover. I love God. I love people. I love to read books. I love to write as well. I basically, I'm a book enthusiast. Right, and I'm also an optometrist. I know I don't get to talk about that part of my life so much, <laughs> and not a lot of people who don't know me know that I'm I'm an optometrist. But it's something that is a part of me that I'm really proud of. But maybe for now, I don't really like talk about it so much. So, yeah. And you don't practice? Of course, I do practice. You do practice? Yes. How do you balance them both? Grace. Ever heard of grace? <laughs> How many of you have grace? <laughs> Okay, let's get this on. Um, you have to really be a book lover to go beyond just having your own personal library to owning a bookshop. And you just said that you're a doctor. And I'm like, wow. How is that possible that you would have a book library or bookshop at the same time you're a doctor? Tell me your history with books. What brought about you going beyond just being a doctor? To being the lady who owns uh, a bookshop, and I'm sure you're more dedicated to the bookshop than saving people, saving saving people, basically. <laughs> well, the job I do in the bookshop is also saving people through books. <laughs> ah. So, um, I'm saving people both ways. So, yeah, you can say that. Well, my history with books. Growing up, I grew up um, around lots of reading. Um. My grandparents, mostly my granddad, used to read a lot. He okay. had this pile of newspapers in the city room. He had a special chair. Yeah. And so the newspaper was always on the right, like a whole pile. I think if I was like five years old, the pile would probably be higher than my height and all of that. So I always observed him read every morning. There was this guy who would uh, come and drop a fresh newspaper for him, mm. you know, so... So I used to join him to read. I used to read cartoon sections in the in the newspaper. Okay. And also my mom started to buy me storybooks, all these children's storybooks, Jack and the Beanstalk, Cinderella, and so much. So I used to just read them and like literally devour them because um, there wasn't really so much to do. I was an indoor kind of child. I grew up indoor, so it was either cartoons and books. So mm. I dabbled. So, but at some point, interestingly, I stopped reading. Okay. I stopped reading, so I stopped. I was, I think that was those were my teenage years. I stopped reading, and it and it really had an effect on my academics as well. So, I wasn't really interested. I was more like the movie person now. You know, when people say I don't read books, I rather do the movie. You know, I was telling myself that. And so it got to a point when I got into the university, I had this roommate that used to read so much. We're about six in the room or so. And they used to like take tongues reading book 
And one day I said, what's, what the heck, let me try. Mm. So I went to the school library. We had a fellowship in school then. So there was a library in the fellowship. So I went, I picked up a book. I can't even remember the name. So that was how nonchalant I was. But I wanted to just give it a try. So I tried, I think it was a Joyce Meyer book. Yeah. So I brought it to the room and everybody was like, since when did you start reading? Right. And so I tried, I think I read only chapter one and I dropped the book and my roommate took over from it. And after that, someone came for a follow up to find out, you know, cause we used to have librarians then in fellowship. So they would come and, you know, check up on you. How far, what did you learn from the book? Was it interesting? Is there something that you would like to read and all of that? So when she came, I couldn't give her anything because I hadn't read the book. And so I said to myself, because we're about to go on holidays. So I said to myself, I think I can do better. Like, I know I can do better. And so I took some novels from my roommate. Uh, I think I took a Karen Kingsbury novel. I took a Ben Carson book. And then I think I later did a Francine River novel. And for me, that was just the, where the fire lit okay. with novels. And I loved it. Like, I would literally be... At night, they would take the light and I would put on my phone touch and be reading. <laughs> it was a transformation. I tell you, I went from this girl who didn't like to read books anymore to someone who loved books now. And I didn't just love them. I decided to advocate them as well. So, Because I knew that it was very impactful. Reading is something that I think everybody should try. Okay. Um, with all of this being said... <laughs> um, I, I tend to, I can't relate with what you're saying. The reason why I can't relate is that I'm a very bad reader. Just forget about the candy books you see around, <laughs> okay? Um, I only read when I'm bored. Okay. So the fact that you have to transition from reading to not reading and then reading to a point where you think you're saving people by giving them books, that's, that's my own sentiment. <laughs> right. Okay. What's your favorite books of all time? Okay, you can... The way, you're, the way you're acting right now, it sounds like there are too many. So we're going to start with 10. 10 books. Okay. 10 books of all time till now, because I know sh I know that there's some more to come. Yeah, definitely. You can't stop reading. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, I think one is Reading Me Love by Francine Riva. It's my all-time favorite. Um, I'll do On the Shuffle Blue. Please permit me. I'm kind of very biased with her books, so I've kind of like read a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, same author, Francine Rivers. Um, Smart Money Woman by Arise. Um, I'll do um, Richest Man in Babylon. Hmm. I would also do, um, see, I kind of like double. Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. How many have I mentioned now? I could just keep going. Four. On. Masterpiece. Five. Five. <laughs> Okay, her daughter's hope and her mother's her daughter's her mother's um, hope and her daughter's dream. They're like a two-part series book. I loved it so much. It helped me with a lot of healing okay. process. Yeah, so um which other ones? Um Knowing God Intimately by Joyce Meyer, mm. How to Hear from God by Joyce Meyer. Um I think I also like I say like 
I'm trying to double it to a different genre now. So no, it's the greatest book of all time. So <laughs> I, I, we don't mind. And then Marrying Your Friend. Marrying Your Friend. Yeah, by Arila Ndoku. Okay, then let's go all the way to the first one. Now give us some snippets from these books you've read all the way from the first one to the 10th one. Okay, so I started with, like I said, I started with novels. I started to read novels. That's where, like, my fire caught up again. My reading fire caught up again. And so I picked up, uh, when I read Redeeming Love, it was very relatable to me because at that point, I was still in a place where I wanted to find myself. I really wanted to know, like, I was going through a lot at that time, right? Um, family, relationship. Basically, I just didn't know who I was. And so reading Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers kind of like gave me that um, assurance that, look, you're made for something more and it's possible. So I was in that like place where I was literally just really getting to know that I am loved. I am special and basically every experience I've had in the past doesn't really define me and so I think that's why that book kind of like stands out for me yeah so it's it's actually a book about a girl who um, was born out of wedlock and you know her mom had to go into prostitution to try to cut her for her and then she lost her mom in the process and she also went into prostitution not like it was willing but it was the only survival at the time because it was the setting was kind of like a western you know yeah. setting so and she was very famous like one of the most famous prostitutes and all and she ate up the role until this guy who's supposed to be a prince charming comes but then he's like a godly man and then you're wondering what does someone who's so perfect have to do with someone who's so imperfect and who's so you know People will say not qualified to be his wife. And so, but he still finds something in her and still believes that there's something special about her. And so he goes ahead and rescues her from the hotel and then brings her back home and tries to teach her about what true love is. And although they had a lot of back and forth, but she finally got a hang of it. And, you know, so it kind of like taught me that gave me that perspective of God's love for me um, despite how imperfect I am and despite all the mistakes I've made in the past I'm still special and I'm so much loved that I can't even you know quantify and all so that was it for me for the first book yes for the first book and then I read Andy Shoffer Blue still by the same author um what did Andy Shoffer Blue teach me taught me a lot about forgiveness taught me a lot about forgiveness. That's why I mentioned earlier that I'm a lover. Okay. And I think one of the ways that this perception has built in my head is because of the kind of books that I've allowed myself to read. Um, and the Shofar Blue, it's about a Christian couple. They're very young. They go into ministry. And because of how young the guy was at heart, I wouldn't say because of how young, but because of probably he wasn't very accountable at start. He started to do all manner of things cheat on his wife and all of that and she was a pastor's wife he was a pastor it didn't make sense right a minister of god doing all of that but at some point you could see how that what he was doing was somehow related to his background because he had this pressure from his parents his dad was a very famous 
um, minister of God. And so he was trying to meet up to the standard that he's that, and then he just lost his way. And so for the woman, his wife, who literally um, was, I think the, the story was basically about her and how she was able to pull through that season of her life and still be able to help this man come back to his the original plan they had and you know walk through that forgiveness it wasn't easy for her like i was reading the book and i was crying i was shouting i was screaming in my room you think i was crazy because i could something you could feel it wasn't just fiction anymore it's like she writes in a way that it's relatable to life's real stories and then you you get to ask yourself what would i do if i was in this position so I think Andy Shafa Blue taught me a lot about um, forgiveness. Forgiveness. So number three. Next book, Smart Money Woman. Uh, oh, how do you hear money? <laughs> Who doesn't like money? <laughs> well, Smart Money Woman. I read Smart Money Woman in COVID year. Uh, at that point, I was like, you know, COVID. COVID really gave a lot of people, um, like, make got them thinking. Yeah. A lot. What can you do aside your um, nine to five job? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody was on lockdown, so I, I was still I was still an undergraduate at the time. But at that point, I really started to ask myself questions. So I said, okay, let's do smart money. Let's, let me do something different from what I already know how to do. So smart money woman, I read it and it gave me a lot of financial insight. I loved it, loved it so much. I started to know that it is essential to save, um, to think ahead, and how you spend was also very important. I learned about passive income and so much, so much, so much. And it was quite an interesting read because it was told in kind of like a novel form, so I kind of like also enjoyed it. Okay. Um, so um, another book I read was Good Morning Holy Spirit. As a believer, I wanted to know more about the Holy Spirit because, you know, a lot of people just say he's the third person in the Trinity, but I believe that there is more. And so a friend of mine had the copy, and so I grabbed it. And I started to read, and it really transformed my relationship, my Christian race. You know how they say religion is not, uh, Christianity is not a religion, it's more like a relationship, right? Although religion kind of like means relationship so i don't know why people get to say that but i think they're trying to pass the message yeah. so um so yes that book helped me really build my relationship with the holy spirit and helped me to understand that talking to god wasn't really that difficult he's as closer to you than you can ever imagine and so that's why i think that should even be my number one or number two well, you two. kept it at four. Yeah. Three. <laughs> Let's, that, that's the fourth book. So um, I also did um, Richest Man in Babylon. It's also a money book, right? So Richest Man in Babylon also taught me financial um, intelligence. Really, it did. Um, how to secure to a link post. Anybody who's, so anybody who's read um, Richest Man in Babylon would know that it's a book about finances and it gives you practical steps on how to save, invest, okay. and spend wisely. Um, that's like my fifth, right? Yeah, the fifth okay. one. I've also done Masterpiece by the same Francine Rivers. It's a room com. I'm basically a room com person. I like 
romance comedy kind of so i'm a mushy person <laughs> we're getting somewhere <laughs> i love a lot of love i just love love you know i love to experience it in any way that i can as much as it's it's pure and it's genuine and it's beautiful i've also done knowing god intimately so by just mayor and how to hear from god by just mayor kind of like trying to get a deeper part of your christian life and you know know who god is and how you can relate to him personally so and then i've also done um like i think i mentioned um her mother's hope and her, da her daughter's dream so it's also a um it's a two part series that talks about healing because i needed that as well i kind of like read because i i i feel like if you don't read you never know until you read Right, a lot of answers or questions we are looking for answers to are in books, books, books. You really don't need to go far; just grab a book, and that settles it for you. So, I've read, um, I've read Believer's Authority, I've read Eat That Frog, I've read. Um, I'm currently reading Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and I'm also reading. Um, Becoming a Millionaire God's Way by Thomas. So I could go on and on if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted you to go to your all-time all 10, but you decided to, to increase the volume. I, 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 like I said, I realized I've actually seen more than 10. But if you leave me, I could go on because books are amazing. They just kind of like help you evolve. Okay. It helps you evolve, yeah. This is our radio podcast. It's hard time you recommend books for us now from the coffers of your greatness. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You know, you said something about, oh, I'm very, being very careful how I recommend books. Um, <laughs> and then, okay, fam, I would just say directly. And then I asked her, I said, what would you say about my book collection? She politely struck me. <laughs> politely. I get to understand that, okay, I don't take all compliments. <laughs> Especially when I've asked the vital question earlier and you've given me a response. So I use that response to counter the next one you give to me when I ask about myself. Okay. Because if I put myself first, you compliment me and I'll forget to ask the other one. Okay. So in your most careful genre, in your most calculated playlist, or book list okay. or library collections can you kindly see so how to drag it that far <laughs> oh recommend books to us now the previous session the previous time you spoke about your greatest book of all time so I'm sure we're expecting something maybe similar maybe that has the same fragments or the same aroma as to what you're going to recommend. How about that? Are you going to recommend what you said is your all-time or you have the ones to recommend and not those ones? Yeah, you, you, we can get some from there and then we just make a mix. Can we just go over to the ones you've not <laughs> mentioned? Just so that we can we can okay. enjoy what's in your head. Right. Because if you, if you tell us what you've mentioned via your all-time, We've already heard about your all-time, so yeah. it's normal that we have to go over there <laughs> and bring down everything you've read and then try to enjoy it. So if you repeat what's in your all-time, we'll not enjoy more in your head. 
Okay. So just leave the ones you've mentioned your all time <laughs> and recommend books that you think will be good. Will be good. Okay. And why it's good. Okay. So I I when recommending books, you want to look at different aspects of life. You don't just recommend uh, based on, you know, don't be rigid. Try to be explore. Okay. So you want to look at different aspects of life. You want to look at a person's um self-development. You want to look at their relationship. You want to look at their finances. You want to look at their well-being and, you know, just that. So if I were to recommend, I would say, okay, if you want to do a book on um, finding yourself and probably self-development, you can do um, Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benin Hinn. You can do Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. So that's on like self like try if you're trying to discover yourself find your purpose and all of that so i would recommend these books so if you're trying to do um, books on relationships so note that my recommendations are not um just tied to are not limited to the books i'm recommending but just so we have something for books on relationship i recommend you do marrying your friend by ari landruko um and you can also do dating intelligently by laju iren so that's for relationship. So if you also want to do finances, I like to say start with something very simple and very practical. So you could do Richest Man in Babylon, Smart Money Woman, right? So those are good books to deal with on that aspect. So if you also want to look at your temperament, you know, want to know why I act this way and all of that, you could do Why You Act the Way You Do by Tim Lahai right and then spirit controlled temperament as well um if you want to look at um want to read novels want to look at romance try some francis river karen kingsbury and those kind of books basically and i think that will help and then my all-time all-time star aside the all-time i mentioned <laughs> is the bible so you should do the bible oh wow yes you didn't see that coming <laughs> did you <laughs> You should do the Bible. It's like it has everything, everything inside of it. So much wisdom. When people come to your bookshop, um, what is the most common thing? What's the most common reaction they bring to the table when you try to take them around and show them things? Well, a lot of people, one thing I will tell you is that a lot of people know what they are looking for when they come into the bookstore. They always have something in mind. Sometimes they may not know the exact book they want. Some come with the exact book in mind. But sometimes some come with um, with an aim, a goal. They want to achieve something, right? And so taking them around, you have to be able to discern where is this person at right now and what does this person really need at this point, right? And so that that really helps in trying to get them something that you know they leave, and then the joy is they leave, and then they come back with um, with feedbacks like, oh wow, I I really loved this book, I really learned something from this book, and for me it's part of the fulfillment of you know running the bookstore. It's not just about the sales. Of course, I have to make sales. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the fact that these materials are really impacting lives is for me. It's like the go go for me. So do you think that just reading, okay, just selling books impact the life of people? Because even everyone that comes into the bookstore 
It's coming for a purpose. It means that if I don't have any business with the bookstore, I won't come in. So how do you convince someone to actually walk into a bookstore? How, how do I convince someone? Everybody should walk into a bookstore once in a while. But um, how, do I, how do I put this now? Um, so if I, if I want to understand your question is, how do I convince someone to come into a bookstore? Yeah. Are there questions in your life that you need answers to? If yes, you need to walk into a bookstore. Okay. <laughs> now, that, that sounds big and people don't like to swim. Okay. So we're going to try to identify the fish <laughs> and catch it. Okay. <laughs> so fishing. if you're going to convince someone to walk into a bookstore, okay, I will just use several other things. Okay. How did I identify your bookstore? I was looking for a book. And then I went to type books, uh, bookstores in Port Harcourt. Okay. And then I, I started going through. I think one thing that caught my attention was is the fact that you you tend to post books sometimes. And even when someone knows what they want to get, but you're carried away with other things. Like you come on social media, sometimes, most of the time you're bored. Nobody comes to social media when they're busy. So if you're bored, it means everything counts. In short, people who go straight to the point when you go on social media is quite annoying. <laughs> Especially if it's something that interests you. You just want them to beat around. and So you know what you're looking for. But at the yeah. same time, you're carried away with the options being shown on the page and everything. Yeah. Don't you think that with what you already have available, getting people into a bookstore. Okay, before I say that, I'll put a suspense there again. My interest builds up when there's something pulling me to that place. Most of the books I've gotten, I've gotten them based on podcast recommendations. Yeah. I listen to book uh, books uh, podcasts talk about books a lot, despite the fact that I don't read. I just go to the shows. Most of the time, most of them I'm invited to, and they say, "Okay, since you don't have any book in mind to talk about, or your host, <laughs> so I will host every other person to talk about their books." Uh, most of the time online. And then when they're done talking about the book, imagine when someone reads a book and telling you about the book and you're like, I think I need to I need to, I need to get this book. I end up getting the book. I still end up not reading the book. But I still listen to more shows and get more books and believe that one day I'm going to be bored. <laughs> bored to a point where I won't have shows to host. I don't think that's ever going to be possible, but <laughs> maybe I'll be brought to a point where I just need to take a break and then decide to move towards books. Mm. Or I might end up having a show that only clouds books for a long time. And I'm impressed to say, come, if you don't read books no. to be on this show, <laughs> nothing for you. So I didn't have to bring out those books and be like, okay, I've once heard about those books. They're interesting. So what I'm trying to say is, I only I buy books based on how you explain the book. Okay. So you've read the book and you love it. And the story you, you put behind the book, your review, that makes me decide, okay. I should read it. My collection should be good. Because if you love the book and what you've said about the book is what the book is, it means if you come to my collection, then you're going to be wowed. Despite the fact that I'm not going to read the book, but I want to show you why when you look at my collection, you're like, dude, you, you know what you're doing. <laughs> 
Not that you just look at it and be like, I've read this book. This book is rubbish. I, like, mm. I, will, t- I, will, I, will, I will remove that book from my life. My, my shelf. Really? Just one person saying this book is not good. Yeah. I'm taking it out. And I won't bother reading it. Again. Just, I don't even read. Now, <laughs> you're now telling me that the one I spent the money to buy is not good. Not good. So, don't you think that you picking up a book every week and elaborately discussing the book would pull people into bookstores. I think so. You know why people explore audiobooks these days? It's because they're too lazy to open a book or they're quite lazy to go to a bookstore yeah. or they they want to be doing other things and also listening to the book. Mm-hmm. But now that would alternate. So the energy they use in listening to books could be used in listening to book reviews that would enable them get the book. Especially if it's a book that only exists in your bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, talking about uh, giving reviews for books are good. Right? It's some of, the, some of the things that I do. Sometimes I post a book and then I say, um, this is what this book is about and this is who I would recommend this book for. But they're too short. That's what I'm saying. They're too short. Well, the, the truth is, I, I believe that um, you you can't really force people to read books, right? I feel like everybody just gets to a point in their life when they know that they need to pick up a book. And I believe that everybody can read. Even you can read. You just keep telling yourself that you don't like to read and you can't read. And remember, it's part of what I shared about myself earlier. There was a really long time in my life that I didn't do books. I told myself that I didn't like to read books, but it was something I, it was a lie. I tried to make myself believe that this is who I am, right? But it wasn't because I am more of an intentional reader. You have to read intentionally. You don't just read because, you know, there are books. You read because you want to get something from the book. Books are about knowledge. They teach you. They um, expose you. Books help you to be pre-informed about different areas and seasons of your life. For me, what I apply in life is for every season in my life or for every aspect of my life that I feel like I'm having a little bit of um challenges with i asked myself what knowledge can i get that would help me you know scale through this yeah. and most of the time that knowledge is found in books and it has helped me first i've seen it help me times and times um over the years right maybe it's family it's dealing with my siblings it's something i just pick up a book that has to deal with that aspect and once I read that book, I realize that there's something that I can apply that actually works for me in that in that season. So I believe that people need to understand that books are not there to bore you. Yeah, sometimes you may sleep when reading, but books are not there to bore you. They are there to enlighten you, right? And I think it's the awareness we need to create. I can do 10 book reviews and you buy the book and you'll not read it. And what what has that done for you? Well, it stays in the library. Looking pretty. Looking pretty. 
for the day that it will be read. Which you never know when it's going to be read. Well, I don't think that that is really a problem of a bookstore owner. <laughs> well, it, amazing, but <laughs> I know this may sound, um, but it's I I love to hear that you read the book. Mm-hmm. Remember, I'm not just I don't just own a bookstore. I could decide to focus on my career as a doctor. So there's a and save the people's and save eyes. eyes. So you know, books give you insight, and I'm also a doctor that helps you to see. So it's more like my ministry now, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the ministry of sight. So I don't just want you to buy the book, as you know, I don't know, as that may sound. I want you to read the book. I want you to tell me that you got something from the book, and so that's why when people walk into my bookstore. I don't just recommend something because I want to sell it. I ask you, when someone will say, I want to read it, but I want to start reading it, I ask you, what area of your life do you think that you want to develop on? Mm. And that's how the reviews come in. Yeah. Because I want to be specific to your need. I want to be, because if you read something that meets your need, you will want to read more. Yeah. But if I just recommend any book and it doesn't make any difference for you, you will believe that books are boring. And I think that that's why you haven't found the fire to read because you haven't you haven't gotten something that I haven't got the time actually. Everybody has the time to read books, and I tell you, everybody has the time to read books. We just have to make the time. So how do we make the time? You have twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. What do you do in twenty four hours? Are there times where you just scroll on social media doing absolutely nothing? Or do you work twenty four hours a day? Because it's not about how fast you finish the book. And it's not even about finishing the book. That's that's a secret too. Sometimes it's not about finishing the book. It's about what have I gotten from this book that is different, that makes a difference for me, right? There are some books that I've read that I didn't finish, but I can tell you that, oh, I gleaned so much from those few chapters that I read, right? So you're not bothered about how long it takes. If it takes you one month to finish a book, it's fine. And if you see that, pick up a book and you see that it's not working for you, drop it. Pick something else. Try something else. That's how I started. I remember I told you I picked a book. I couldn't read it. Picked another. It wasn't working. Until I found my niche. And then that's how it opened me up to more. So, yes. Okay. All that thing I said earlier was just to convince you that we need to start seeing more book reviews so that people like us who barely read books will be enjoying reviews at least. At least. And stocking up library. So you want someone to do the reading for, those for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do the reading. Then do an, an elaborate review. 10 minutes at least. 10 minutes minimum. Talk about the book. Give details. Put emotions behind it. Put the story behind the story. Put character behind the character. Something to convince me that this book is worth being in the library mm. or this book is worth really? driving all the way down to the bookstore to picking it up. This book is worth waking up in the morning and deciding that, okay, I want to go and find somebody that rants about books <laughs> and I have to start looking for your page. <laughs> <laughs> now, generally, um, what would you say to an average reader? I would say that books are seasonal. 
Well, average readers, I'm sure you would have you should be sending them uh, congratulations <laughs> <laughs> because assume that average readers means you do quite a lot with books. Some people consume five books in a week. I don't know how they yeah. do that. Those are like very, like I said, I'm not a voracious reader. I see people who read so much books. I'm not like that. I'm an intentional reader. I love to use the word intentional. Because sometimes I don't feel like it, but I still have to read the book. Okay. So you sometimes reading is not very exciting. It's like when you were in school. <laughs> you read to pass, to pass. Up mm. some exams, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a point in your life now where you're not reading to pass exams. You're reading because you need that knowledge to get to the next point in life. And that's, that's just the truth of it. So I'm going to tell you that I wouldn't like to always do the reading for you. Of course, I will do reviews. I do reviews. But I also want you to try. I always say you can always read. Probably you just haven't found the right book for you or the right niche for yourself. Right? Everybody can read. It's something I say. Everybody can read. Would it be very difficult to ask you to throw a little bit of light on how people can figure out their niche. If you say you haven't found your niche, that's the reason why you're not reading. Yeah. So how are you going to find it? Keep trying. Where? Go to a bookstore. Walk around. If there's any title that interests you, pick it up. Try it. It doesn't work. Go back. Try something else until you find your niche. Except you receive it in a dream. But you just have to try you just have to keep trying, try different things. It's their books. Of course, they won't harm you. I think. <laughs> You'll harm your time. No, no knowledge is wasted. I tell you. Uh-huh. Are no, you serious? No knowledge, except it's 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 something that is not beneficial, right? No, they say no knowledge is a waste. I think it's true. Even if that book doesn't interest you, there's, there has to be something, a line, if it a catch-up phrase or something that you at least resonated that resonated with your your heart or your mind right so just try new things try different things try novels try self-development try spiritual books try business books try finances just try storybooks you will find something for yourself storybooks okay now let's go towards your favorite authors mm. Not just the books anymore. Now we're talking about your favorite authors. Um, you've been in a situation whereby someone likes a book, but that that author is not your favorite author. So it's like you do a song, mm. and the song trends. Doesn't really mean someone gets to love you, right? Yeah. They just love the song. You did it well. You sang it well. So. Basically, can apply to books. You just True. wrote one book. True. It came out well. People love it. But doesn't make you a favorite author. Yeah. So, can you give us... If they are more than 10... Okay. If they are more than 10, don't worry. We'll add them to the description. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, give us. Authors. 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 Well, like you said, you can read a really good book, but they are not your favorite author. So, I would say, Arila. Mm. <laughs> so, 
I like I like the book I wrote. Yo, you are your favorite author. <laughs> One of my favorite authors. <laughs> okay, so again, Francine Rivers. She writes beautifully. Okay, well. I think we should do it this way. Tell us the author and why you think way beyond the book. Yeah. The book applies, but way beyond the book, why you would prefer to highlight that author as one of your favorite authors of all time. Mm. Starting with you. <laughs> why are you the favorite author of you of all time? Well, I think, um, well, I'm just trying to be, you know, cute. <laughs> <laughs> but for for me, sometimes I'm amazed when I read a book I read. I, Okay. I'm like, it's a book that is way above my current status as a person. So you, I would get a lot of questions like, you're not married? Why are you writing a book on relationships? You know? So it's like, that's it. Like, you dare to do something, you know, different from the normal status quo, right? And for me, I think it's something that I... I look at and I'm like, I don't know who gave you the nerves to do this thing, but <laughs> I know that it was an inspiration from God and I just went ahead and I did it. And it's amazing, sold over 500 copies, almost a thousand now. So, mm. <laughs> so, you know, so that's why I would say the book is a good one. And well, the author is sitting right here. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so, and then I would go to Francine Rivers. I've, I don't think I've ever regretted any book I read on Francine River, and I've read quite a number of her books. She's someone who, I don't know how she just does it, <laughs> really, but I feel like she's gifted for it, you know? She just, she just puts you on the journey, right? She just puts you in there, and then you kind of like, try to ask yourself questions, like, what would I do? if I were in this situation and how would I have handled this? And, you know, kind of like, I like so searching books like that. Okay. You know, um, Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn is, is also an amazing author. Um, Andrew Womack and um, Kenneth E. Hagen. So they write about um, spiritual revelations and the believers, um, life here on earth like getting to know who you are and how to function as a person you know as a christian so i think that if i were to you know basically recommend a book on you know wanting to know more about spirituality i would mention some of these authors although they are quite there are a number of them but then these authors they, they are well experienced and talk about leadership joe maxwell it's a good um it's a good writer when it comes to leadership you want to be a good leader you want to build leaders you want to know how to lead maybe a company your home anything just basically leadership i would recommend john maxwell because he does a beautiful work with that when you talk about purpose finding you no know, a lot of people like you need to find your purpose and all of that i would say requiring you read Purpose Driven Life by requiring, and it's going to change your life. I still believe every human being should read that book. 
I think we should be directing them to the description because <laughs> the way you're saying this thing is like, I'll put it on replay, I'll have to listen. Did you say requiring? You go back again and be like, okay. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Rick, why? Rick, uh, you see, that's the problem. <laughs> Rick, <laughs> Rick Warren, yeah. Okay, now what's going to happen is, um, I, I would have said it would be unfair if I said we're closing this program. So no. Because you have a book that sold over 500 copies and you're the number one list <laughs> on your for your Favorite authors of Humbly all Humbly speaking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That was cute. <laughs> you would you would be revealing that your book. How many books do you have? I've written five books now. So much energy. Is it so, so much? much energy? I wish I could do more. Yeah, because I, I understand that for you to... Uh, the... the the only poetry book I've been able to publish. I don't want to tell you that story because it's... I'm very annoying. As a matter of fact, this young lady who decided to become my manager when it comes to books <laughs> came across my laptop one day and she was supposed to be doing something else with her laptop. Oh. I think Studio Laptop had some work to do and she said, okay, use my personal laptop and this lady doubled and doubled and found a folder where I wrote unfinished books. <laughs> and then this is somebody that reads book a lot and all of that. So she she decided to open the folder and start going through everything. And all of a sudden I heard that I've I've read at least three three of the books you've written here and it's not finished. I said, I'll leave it there. And she said, Okay, why are you not finishing them? I said, Because when I write for long and something cuts me off, maybe inspiration, writer's block or something. Yeah. If I leave for if for any reason I leave that book for I leave that draft for a week, it means I have to go back to the draft, read the draft from the beginning to that point before I can continue. And that is the problem. I can't go back to read. You can. So now another inspiration comes in. I prefer to start another one. So if for any reason I hit the block again and I don't continue because at the time I hit the block, I try to, even when I get in the shower, I try to pick up inspiration. When I go to eat, when I try to make food, I try to pick up inspiration. When I'm talking yeah. to someone, if for any reason I don't continue, that one too is the second draft unfinished. Okay. That was the poems. Now that she said, okay, now the poems... You have a problem with reading your poems? I said no. She's okay. We'll start digging out all your poems. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there's something my, cause before I wrote the, um, the book marrying your friend, I had to take a writing course. I was coached by um, Pastor Lajiren. She's a really good writer, and she's good at what she does. And she would say something that to be an a good writer, you have to be an even better reader. Yeah, you always say that. Yes, and she did talk about writer's block and the fact that just because you're stuck doesn't mean you need to close the book, you need to close the chapter. You can take a break, read through, 
find inspirations i'm sure and then the fact that if you believe that your message is something that you want people to read and be blessed from i think that's also a motivation to help you put it out there because for me at some point <clears throat> while i was writing I, I was having doubts about myself and then i had to tell myself that this isn't really about you Barilla. it's really not about you it's about someone who's going to read this book and have their relationship transformed by it have their lives transformed by it so for me that selflessness you know kind of like made me put more work and even wake up at night like sometimes i'll have to wake up in the midnight while every other person is sleeping and i'm working on that book and i'm trying to get the best out of it so i think you just really have to find why am i even writing this book in the first place i think when you hold on to that kind of like pushes you to keep going well why am i writing the book boredom now now you're talking (laughs) now that's the problem well we're going to be needing more of this inspiration when you come to review your books five that's five sessions (laughs) five five sessions I hope you want me to be on that show. Well, <laughs> it's up to your. It's up to me, right? It's up to you. All right. So, Thank you very much. Yeah. If it's up to me, then it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. This is our Radio Podcast. <laughs>